Hey guys, welcome back to the Google Podcast. I am your host, Rob Watson. And before I delve into today's episode, I just wanted to talk about, you know, the odd little thing here and there. So summer is over. We are now into autumn. You know, this time of year can be, um, I think like any time, you know, when you make the shift into the seasons, it can be, you know, you can definitely see. And I think we've been aware of it for, for a little bit of time now, the dark nights are drawing in but i gotta say you know autumn is one of my favorite times the year it's just the colors the leaves on the coming down from the trees and what i love about it you know in the sky you know we got the, the when the sun's low in the sky you get some like the way and when it is a sunny day uh you know you get some beautiful uh, shadows and reflections and it's nice just to appreciate life, isn't it? And to appreciate the different times and the changing in the seasons. And even though today it's been absolutely chucking it down with rain where I am, but can we just be grateful for, for whatever it's like? Because isn't it interesting now? A lot of us say it's it's hot or it's sunny here. We will find a way to complain about it being too hot. Or if it's cold, it's it's too cold. Or it's raining, oh bloody hell, it's raining. Isn't this terrible? It's like as if whatever it is, we're defining it in, in a negative way. And what if actually we can say, oh, it's raining, great. It's raining, that means the earth is being nourished. And, and also, it's really refreshing to go out and be in the rain. Most of us are a bit too fussed about what we're wearing or it might affect our hair and myself included. But sometimes just to go out there and be more childlike and and just like run around in the rain or whatever the weather, just to you know make the most of it. Because that's the thing with kids, isn't it? Children very much are uh, in the moment and are not really bothered. They would you never hear like a four or five year old say, "Oh God, it's raining outside! Isn't it horrible?" The only time it may bother them is if the mums and dads won't let them out to go and play. But what if you can have a place to just let them go and be and just explore? They're not really... Um, and again, if it's hot, they're not going to be complaining it's too hot. They just they just get on with things. They're just in the flow. And and that's where I want to go with today's podcast, really, is for us to move into that space more of flow. And the reason I've called it Go Beyond Yourself is because I think a lot of us, myself included, can be really trapped in the mind, trapped in the ego. We can make a lot of decisions, we can react a lot of of times based on our ego, based on this personal self of us. And I think there's deeper levels to our being that we can experience. You know, the moments when you get that, that flash of inspiration, that flash of excitement, that when it feels like it's coming more from the heart, and that's something I'm aiming to do more in my life is to is to choose to live more from my heart, to make more decisions from my heart, to act from from that space more. And I think I've got a lot better at over the years. And I think this podcast in many ways is born out of that, of wanting to to be of service, but not even just about being of service, just to to do things that um you know, feel feel good and and not from this ego place of what do I get out of it? Um, how am I gonna get things? So anyway, I wanna first talk off by talking about have you ever wondered who that voice is in your head? You know that one that never seems to give you a minute. Wherever you are, it can just be run away from yourself. You might wake up in the middle of the night and it's just there. It's just it's just this stream of voice, this monkey mind just going like the clappers, this anxious state. And I'm talking from my own personal experience and I believe all of us at times can experience this no matter who you are and where you are and what you've got in your life. 
we can feel like we're truly dominated by the mind and it's got a real grip on us you know like for instance you know you, you'll get up in the morning and you'll choose to take a nice shower instead of like being in there and, and feeling the water on you and enjoying sort of like cleaning yourself and all that and it's like instead of like just enjoying that time for you where you can like you know cleanse and instead you know you got your mind just like going a million miles an hour talking about something that happened yesterday or something that happened ages ago or you got this new idea for something and and then after that it's talking about planning all your day and what you need to do when you get out of the shower and you need to do this and you need to clean that and it's just relentless isn't it it's like come on can I not even just enjoy a shower without feeling like I am like trapped with this voice and so that's where I want to go with this actual uh, podcast today and talk about that and realize what is that voice in our head and is that voice actually us is that all that there is to us is that who we are our voice all the time just just chinwagging away or is the deeper levels to us and the reason why I'm talking about this today because I've been truly inspired by a guy called Michael Singer, um, Mickey uh, Singer called for in, in most places. He's written a few books and it just, you know, when you're, when you're watching something, I was actually watching a YouTube uh, YouTube video and sometimes I'm adverts come up at the beginning and it was an, an advert from Mind Valley. And sometimes, you know, like adverts can be a little bit annoying, but for some reason I decided to go past them four seconds and listen to the guy and it's the first time actually I've listened to one where someone actually recommended a book in an advert you know they had no sort of affiliate affiliate link with it they weren't making any money of it and that's just something I don't know something just you no know, times and a little light bulb goes out on you and it was called the surrender experiment that's the name of the book and he's also written another one another one called the untethered soul but it was actually the surrender experiment that was i was really drawn to because it it was him sharing his life for the past 40 years and how he's basically surrendered to the universe and accepted how life has come to him and had little resistance for that and his life has been absolutely phenomenal um what a journey he's gone on he actually said he never wanted any of it he would have been happy just to stay in the woods in his cabin and and none of these things unfold and and that's the thing, and the reason why I said that thing to you guys at the beginning, if you ever wondered about that voice in your head, this is what the question that he asked one of his friends. And it was having that realisation that, can we actually be the one that starts to observe our, our thoughts? And once we observe them, the moment we choose to observe them, we're actually creating a bit of space between those thoughts and ourself, potentially can have some quietness in there or to experience deeper levels of himself. And he started to go on this journey and what a journey it was. He um, he really got into sort of like Buddhism and uh, meditation and he, he developed, he read about this mantra called, you use this mantra called Mu. You say it over and over. And But while you're doing it, you're focusing on your breath, but you're particularly focused on the area just below your belly button. And the great thing is about it, it's almost become much more clear for me, even though I'm a bit of a long-term meditator, why mantras are so important. And the reason why mantras are so important to be saying them over and over in your head is because if you're saying them and you're focused on saying them in your head, then your mind cannot just start up and start chattering away and particularly if you're saying a mantra and you're focusing on your body particularly your breath and in his case on a certain area in your belly you are coming into yourself more 
you're not being trapped and ran away with your thoughts. So it's giving you that time to center yourself. And I think that's what it means, you know, to center yourself is literally to come into your body, come into a space within that. So that's why mantras have seemed to be so important. But what's interesting about his story and why I want to share this one, because he's a great example. And I put links to him and his books and everything, because it's a really amazing story. He started asking these questions and then he just wanted to spend a lot of time in nature and with himself. Um, he was fortunate enough to buy a little piece of land in, in Florida, in Gainesville, I think it is, in Florida. I think he bought five acres of land back in the 70s, got a pretty good deal on it. And him and his friends ended up building a cabin on there. Again, probably why the story resonates with me massively is because those who know me, who are close to me, will realise that um, I've got my own aspirations to to build a cabin. I am actually, that's, you know, I've, I've really, I've set that intention. I'm going to build my own cabin and it's going to build um, a cabin in the woods uh, and, and have some land and I put that in there and that's where I'm going to, you know, I'm going to move towards that. And who knows when it'll manifest. I'm going to do what Mickey Singer did and I'm going to surrender to that. If it's meant to happen, it's supposed to happen. I'm not going to force it. I'm going to allow it to come to me. Well, anyway, he lived in the woods and with his friends built this cabin. And he basically set out to say, you know, he never actually wanted to leave. He didn't want to leave this cabin. He said he just wants to be there on his own um, and meditate and do his yoga and eat well and just be there in nature. He, he just wanted to focus on kind of quiet in the mind. Yet life had other plans for him. And after a while, someone would come round and would want to maybe come and do some yoga with him or come onto the land. And he was like, oh, I didn't want to do this. But he, he'd agreed to surrendering to what life shown up. And he said, well, okay, then you can come and do this. And a few other people did it. He was lecturing and he was helping in a, in a local uh, college. Um, and he came back one day and there was this woman on there and she started to build a house on his land. And first of all, in his mind, his mind was saying, no, you can't be doing that. This is my land. No one can be doing this. And he had a few words to say, but then he went away and he thought about it and thought, well, which is quite, you know, when you think about the way we live, he was like, well, who am I to stop her from, from living on this land? So he just allowed her to build this house. Now, how refreshing is it to do that? He just surrendered to that and think, well, this is the way it's going to be. You know, what harm is she actually going to do? She's a nice person. She's going to build a place. It's not going to cost him any money. Eventually, she might move on and he's left with a cabin. So he just did that. And then all of a sudden, it starts popping up. Other people wanting to come and he just surrendered to this and then, over a significant amount of time, this has turned into a thriving community. I think there's hundreds of people that actually live across of a few hundred acres of land. And he could have just been, no, I'm staying in my land. No one's coming on. Um, if you want to buy your own place, buy your own land somewhere else. And instead, he kind of just surrendered to it. And these things just unfolded to him. And, and it's interesting how they were able to expand the land just magically in a way. It would just come up at the right time, just when they had the money for it. Or someone would give them something because they were just in that feeling of flow, that feeling of just allowing. And how many often, you know, I'm saying this from my place, so many times in my life have I been looking to force things to try and get them just how I want them to be. Just so, you know, I want it all perfect and I'm going to kind of control all these elements and these ways of being. Yet... I'm just sometimes I come up against a brick wall and it's also bloody exhausting absolutely exhausting can we can we just begin to just stop resistance I'm realizing that I've, I've got a lot of resistance to stuff maybe this is my time now of really realizing that and potentially releasing it as best I can of course life's going to be it's going to be an endless 
a road of ups and downs at times, but it's them ups and downs. Do we have to be so attached to the ups and so attached to the downs? Sometimes you can wake up feeling pretty damn good, can't you, in the morning? Other times it's not the case. And I can sometimes feel when I'm in a good place, I'm like, oh, I feel good, I'm gonna la- this is going to last forever, and then it doesn't. And then other times I'm, I'm feeling down or I'm not in a good place and um, my health is sort of dropped a little bit and then I can feel like, oh, this is going to last forever. But it never does. The ups and downs are continuous, but how about if we can not feel so attached to them? So if it's good to realise that this is great, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to feel attached to it. It's not going to last forever. Or if it's down, same again. So it's almost, and it's a little bit the same thing about what Mickey Singer done with the mind. Rather than being so attached to this experience, this story that we've created of our life and how we're perceived, can we then choose to observe it a little bit more, not to feel so attached to it? Almost imagine it like as if it's a, um, it's a movie is playing for us. I've talked about my belief around past lives and my, uh, us having a soul and potentially this life is you know it's all a game in many ways and and we are kind of our lead actors in the show well why what if we actually just started believing that or feeling like that and this guy mickey singer is living proof that if you surrender if you let go you don't let the mind run the show you go to deeper levels of yourself you can allow things to come on well anyway with mickey he basically in the end built a billion dollar company and he said he didn't want any of this stuff. It kind of just manifested. He ended up getting into um, set a software technology. And he himself built this amazing uh, accountancy software or a piece of software for the medical industry. And he said he didn't even know how to do it, but he just trained himself and he just he just let go and allowed this to sort of like unfold. And and his life has just been been like that. He's just like, he's just gone with it. He's gone with what things have shown up. He's had this trust. A really interesting story with him is he, once he kind of had a bit of his awakening and realized that he didn't want to be go down the path of economics, which is what he was at college, he decided that um, he was just going to go and live in the woods and he wasn't going to finish his doctorate or his PhD or whatever it was he was going, uh, going towards. And But, you know, he kept on getting encouraged to do it. And uh, he ended up having to, we ended up tutoring this guy. He didn't want, he said he didn't want to, but he just surrendered. It came to him and said, will you tutor this guy to help him to pass his exams? And as he was coming close to the exams, the guy was like, well, you, do you want to do the exams with me as well? And he's like, oh no, I don't, I don't really want to do them, but you know, this is what's showing up for him. So he's going to surrender and he's going to go with it. The interesting thing is he'd only really known the information or been able to study through helping this guy from two of the three exams. So he, he felt like, I'll be fine with two of the exams, but the third one, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to crumble from it. So he was getting himself in a place of sort of like surrendering to him failing at that and thinking, well, okay, that's what my ego needs right now. I need to um, experience this element of failing and maybe there'll be a bit of an ego death from it. But what he did a couple of days before the exam, he picked up the textbook he hadn't studied it, but he, he literally opened the page to three different points in the page. And he kind of just read them pages, maybe, you know, and then he went to a different section and again. But he only he only looked at three sections and then read, read them things. And then again, on the morning of the exam, he opened the book again. And lo and behold, he'd chosen, he looked, he picked up one of them pages again that he previously looked at, which had all these tables on and graphs. Well, anyway, he goes into the exam and you get given it and he had uh, six questions to choose from and he and he just had to choose three of them to answer well it turned out that 
those three questions were exactly the same three parts of the book that he'd looked at only a couple of days before. And he said he literally started to like cry and have tears in his eyes because he couldn't believe how amazing it was. This was a guy who he wasn't forcing stuff. He was just allowing things to unfold for him. He just couldn't almost, you can't believe it sometimes the way how amazing life can be. And it was showing to him that if you have some trust and some faith, that things can just flow for us. Well, anyway, he did the exam and he passed the exam and supposedly he got one of the best scores on it or one of the guys really commended him for the essay that he had written. And he actually said he felt a bit guilty after that because he, you know, even spoke to the, um, you know, the, the tutor or whoever it was, um, and said, you know, this is the this is the story, this is how it happened, and the tutor just ends up giving him a pat on the back and saying, well done. But that's how life can be; it can kind of unfold for us. Now, I'm not saying if you're doing some exams now to to not study for them. I'm just saying from him, his example, he just allowed these things to sort of flow for him and things can actually run perfectly fine. And, and that's the thing that I want to talk on now is like, yeah, often we can try and force things and control things and we want things just to set way. And, and it's like as if we're going on in this life, like things haven't already just malacrously, um, there hasn't been perfect orders of things in many ways. The universe is what, 13.8 billion years old. And we've been around, well, I've been around 39 years. And for some reason, I'm looking to control everything outside. And I'm willing to have an opinion about everything outside. Everything works perfectly well. And it has done for them 13.8 years and will continue for the next 13.8 billion years when I'm long gone from this, um, from this life. Yet for some reason, we feel like we have to control every element in our life and what's outside of us. When what I'm coming to realize is that the, the true power, the true control that we have is when we go inside and we start to get control of our mind, our own feelings, our own desires, and to come from that place from there. And that's where we can create our lives from, from that space. We don't have to chase after things as much. We don't have to force things. We don't have to work as hard. We can allow them things to come to us. We can get them pieces of information and that inspiration and act on it. And there's another quote from Mickey Singer that I heard in the book was, and this is so perfect because I've got, we've got this affirmation banner in the house, which is like that, that says, it's okay. And I've always had this thing saying, you know, everything's okay. You know, no matter what's happening in the outside world, it's okay. We'll get through this, you know, but then he developed on, on this quote and he went a bit further and I absolutely love it. And he said, everything is okay. As long as you're okay with everything. And that's the key. Most of the time, I'm not okay with everything. Everything doesn't suit me. I want something to be a certain way. I want to be in a good place of health all the time. Or I want my bank account to be always going up. Or all them things that you could think about. Or outside what's happening in the outside world. But actually, that's not the case. It's an ebb and flow. And things are just the way they are. And, and that's the thing with the ego, with the physical mind. It likes to, you know... Run the, run the show that that chatter that constant thing and that's the thing no matter what you got in your life if we're living from that place of ego it'll never be enough why do you think billionaires want more money why do you think people who might suddenly be happily married uh, one year um it then turns into a disaster for them or and there's many other examples and and the same with starting a job you know you might think it's your dream job give it a few months give it a few years 
it probably isn't going to be your dream job anymore. Your mind in some way will find things of it to to cause you know cause trouble um, in some ways or, or to cut to show like things could be better in some way because things could you could always think things could always be better. And that's where I think gratitude comes into it, being grateful for what we've got now. And um, but you know, I just wanted to share this little story about um, the idea of letting go. And I spoke about it in a podcast um, that I've recorded at the weekend with Louise Kay, which will be coming up after this one. She's a spiritual teacher. She's very much in the 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 model of sound of like uh, Eckhart Tolle, who um, you know I've spoke about in previous podcasts. Who had a big influence on me, and it was an absolute pleasure to be able to sit down and to to talk Louise and to be with someone who was um you know really present more present than a lot of people that I'm a you know I get to spend time with so that was a blessing but I shared a story about letting go and thinking about a good analogy for me and a good story is say you go to a water park you imagine a kid kids at a water park the one and you go down the slide but it's one of them ones the big loads of turns to it it's enclosed it goes all the way round and and then shoots out at the bottom into a big pool well, there's two ways of going down that bloody slide, isn't there? There's one way as a kid to just go down, to let go, to not hold on, and just totally enjoy the ride, be smiling, to be laughing, to be not knowing what's going to come around the bend, because that's the case, isn't it? You don't know what's going to happen, which turn you're going to make, where you're going to go, and who's going to be at the bottom. You're just, you're just enjoying it, and you're going all the way down, and then you just jump off into the water, and you're just smiling, you're exhilarated, you're feeling great. Or there's the other kid who's too scared at the top. And then as soon as it starts off, they're holding on to the sides. They're trying to pull themselves back up. They can't because they've already started. Yet they're pulling on and holding on. And as you're doing that, what you're getting, you're building up tension in your body. You're building up resistance. You're anxious. You're probably going to start crying. And then you're going to go down and you're not going to be enjoying the ride, are you? You're not going to be letting go. In fact, you're just going to be holding on. And I realise now that for many years of my life, I've been holding on tightly to things, wanting everything to be the way it is, not willing to let go. Well, here's me now giving myself permission to let go and listening to Michael uh, Singer's story and his way of surrendering and accepting life for the past 40 years. And the way it's unfolding for him makes me think, wow, you know, and it's not like he's an anomaly just because he was the one that let go and it just it happened to him. It's the case for all of us. It doesn't mean that we're all going to develop billion dollar companies. What it does mean is that we can all have way more fun in life. We can not feel so attached to the physical things in our life. Um, not so attached to many things and in fact just letting go and almost letting life be the one that makes decisions for us rather than feeling like we have to make all the decisions and you know here's the thing when he says like often you'll hear the thing just let go just let go surrender well how do you let go and that's something that I didn't really know and how do you well it seems to be that whatever's going to happen to us whatever situation we're in is can we accept it because the only way we can change anything or be okay with stuff is if we can accept what's happened with us. And some of them situations might not feel nice. You know, you might have just lost your job, been made redundant. Your marriage could be over. And yet we can, I think what makes it a lot worse is the way we react to stuff and the way we hold on and the way 
we internalize stuff and we and we can think negatively about it and we can feel like poor me oh all this happened to poor me and like seeking maybe attention and all them things from that stuff yet does that get us anywhere no it might we might sort of seek some outside attention but is it going to help us on the inside the answer for me is no the key seems to be first whatever the situation is is to accept it because only when we accept it can we then begin to think clearly to give ourselves some space to work out well what are we going to do about this now and then can we actually look at them situations and go okay this has happened now for a reason if i'm going to choose to let go and surrender to more stuff then who knows what amazing things could be around the corner for me I'm going to accept it and I'm going to surrender to what these things are going to potentially allow them to come to me. But if we're trapped in the mind and we're thinking negatively about stuff, it's very unlikely that we're going to move through that space. And it makes me think about me and my life, about the amount of times that I've resisted change and I've not been okay with things and I've fought hard and long to keep things the way they were. When What if I would have let go and just been like surrendered and just said, okay, this is the way it's supposed to be and this is how it's going to be now and I'm going to make the best of this situation. That is the thing. So I'm just going to use, I'm going to talk about a few techniques. I've shared them in previous podcasts, but what what else can we do? If our mind is just running away with us and we're going crazy, um, the key is, is like, for instance, what I've been doing a bit recently is I might go in the kitchen and I might press the kettle on and boil the kettle. But as soon as I've been boiling the kettle, something else pops in my mind and says, empty the dishwasher feed the cats, do this, do that, do that. And then I'm not even actually being present for that thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Why can't I just like fill the kettle up and just place the kettle on? It's as though like I'm not even like truly seeing the things that are in front of me. In fact, I'm just thinking about the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Well, one trick was that he he spoke about and that I've been adopting is to just be as present as you can for them things. And if something pops into your head, just say, no, I'm not doing that now. I'm just gonna literally focus on filling the kettle. I'm gonna watch the water come out. I'm gonna see it fill up. I'm gonna pick it up. I'm then gonna go walk over and I'm gonna place it down. I'm gonna flick it on. And I'm gonna be present for that. I'm just gonna be the watcher of them things. Because if that's not the case, then I'm going to spend my entire day, my entire life constantly thinking about the next thing. And I'm not going to be in that moment of seeing what it is. And what I've been been coming aware of is that you start to see some amazing things when you actually just begin to watch stuff. Here's an example again. So I put the kettle on. Rather than me run around and empty this dishwasher, what I'll do is I'll just go up to the back door and I'll look out at nature. I look out at the trees and if it's a windy day, I watch things blowing and you know what? It can be quite like thrilling just to see them things, just to see life as it is, how miraculous it is, the birds flying around. It's as though we're not even seeing, or for me, it's as though I'm not even seeing what's going around. I'm not seeing the beauty in the everyday that's all around there. So if you can catch your mind, and Joe Dispenza talks about this, he says, We've got to we've got to be vigilant. We've got to be we've got to be really conscious. So when the mind kicks in, it's like do this, do that, do this, and it doesn't feel like it's inspiring or it's kind of just doing it to keep you busy to to fill itself up because it wants to kind of like stay in control. Because I think that's what the ego does. It wants to feel like it's in control. It wants to uh, it can go into the fight or flight mode, and and that's not necessarily a place that we all want to be in all the time. 
So Dr. Joe Dispenza, what he says is when you do get them thoughts in your mind and you literally just almost say no to it, you say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to sit still for a bit. I'm just going to be present. I'm going to focus on my breath a little bit. I'm going to come into my body. I'm going to feel my body. I'm going to tune into my toes and my feet just for a little bit feeling that every time we do that, that's a win. And every time we do that, that is the ego, the mind kind of diminishes ever so slightly. And the more we can do that, the more we're able to be in that place of acceptance and not feel like the mind is just in charge. And actually there's more to us than the mind. Can we, I don't want to get too deep into it, but all these different levels of consciousness and become witness consciousness. You know, Mickey Singer will talk about it. Of course we need to use the mind, but can we, but a lot of the times we're not consciously choosing to work things out or to, or all them things. What we're instead doing is we're just letting it run the show. So I don't know how much further I'm going to go with this one. It's just been, um, it's me really sharing. And this is what I'm doing for this podcast. It's like, and because it's my podcast, you can share whatever you want, can't you? And if people choose to listen, that's amazing. And if not, then it's still a platform for me to be able to just talk and share and to uh, hopefully someone's listening at the other end of this and is feeling like they're, they're getting something out of it and they're, they're enjoying it. And, and if they are, and there's the thing about it for me is to, is to surrender to that as well, is to think, even if only five people listen to it, or if it's 500 or 50,000, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because I'm still doing this. Again, it's the ego, it's the mind that wants to turn it into, to be you know the number one podcast, or to be what, something that's gonna earn me a living. And, and that's, I think I've spoke about it, like I'm a year into doing this now, it's coming up to a year, which I'm really proud of. And there would have been ideas, you know, my mind at sometimes would have would have said a few thought a few things like, oh, you know, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. And it is what it is. And this is where it comes into like this expect our expectations. And that's the thing with the mind is that we can pile on a load of expectations of how things can be. And, and when they don't meet them expectations or how we envisage them, then we can end up just thinking that we failed where how about you know if at first you don't succeed then you know redefine uh, success for me what success about this that i'm doing is i'm getting to meet loads of really interesting people i am i'm having great conversations with people i'm getting to meet people that i'd never meet face to face i'm actually building some friendships off the back of them as well and I'm going, I'm getting invited to things off the back of it as well. And I'm getting some lovely messages from people that are, are listening to it. But it's not got the numbers that maybe my mind would want, my ego would want. You're thinking, oh, I've been doing it for a year. Maybe a thousand people will be listening to everyone. You know, it's nothing, it's nothing even like that. And who knows if it'll get to that. What it matters is that we've got a platform. And I heard something recently, which really sort of stuck with me and says, right now, what it is, is where we live now, it's not necessarily about transforming the world or having this massive audience it's like if you can just help one person or a few people that is huge because there's a ripple effect Stephen Yip says this doesn't he you know the guy who runs kind the charity he says you can't change the world but you can change the world for one person and if we can all begin to just start doing that and and thinking you know, how can I potentially be of service? How can I help in some way? How can I actually do that? But through me 
something that's passionate for me, something that's a, a way of expressing myself to, um, something that I enjoy, and that's what I'm enjoying with this. So I just say to everyone out there, you know, if you can have a hobby, do something fun, yet take away that that level of expectation that it has to turn into something, it has to be something magical or amazing. And you never know what these things lead to. Who knows, you know, what these things, and to same for me, who knows what these can lead to? Who knows what these connections that I'm going to make that may open things up to in my life? Well, we shall see, you know, and and that's the thing. I just want to bring it back to the beginning and stuff and just saying this, this element of going beyond ourselves. And when I mean the self, I mean the, you know, the physical mind, this, this personality of us. And can we detach ourselves from that or become the observer of it? And, you know, Ram Dass said, could you imagine like a stream running down and the stream is just all our thoughts, but actually there's a bridge over it. And, you know, can we be the one on the bridge observing these thoughts rather than being, you know, stuck in the stream, um, fighting with it all and attaching to all these thoughts? Supposedly, I think we have like 80,000 thoughts a day. And imagine if we just keep attaching our, ourselves to some of them and they can, some of them can really like, take us down some dark alleys and dark paths and cause a lot of conflict and you end up finding the mind causes conflict and then it tries to work out solutions and oh, that's chaos because most of the things in the day that i'm thinking about i do not need to be thinking about these things now these do not need to be en entering my mind as you go into bed at night you don't need to be thinking about all the things from work you know you, ideally you just need to be able to park that and, and let go of that and then when you come to work again you'll know what you need to do when you need to do it rather than trying to work it all out and attaching ourselves to stuff well oh. anyway it's great to share these things and, and to potentially help me it's certainly helping me particularly the mickey singy story and the surrender experiment and the untethered soul he's there's a few interviews out he doesn't do many interviews but he's done one with tony robbins with someone i've spoke about on this podcast and also with oprah who's not gonna say yes to the call when oprah picks up the phone but yet yeah, there's some really interesting ones there. and what i like about them as well is that because even though i followed like eastern philosophy particularly like indian way of being in terms of like maharishi who was brought transcendental meditation to the west sometimes the way he speaks and the way he delivers stuff it, i don't really relate to it as much i relate to you know someone more in the west someone who's a bit more grounded in the way that i be and particularly with mickey syndia you know like developing businesses and going out and building cabins in the woods that's something that i can relate to and to and get inspired by so i think that's really key for us all to the people that inspire us what interests me is and, and what appeals to me isn't necessarily going to be what appeals to anyone else. And I think sometimes we can we can force our own beliefs and our own way of being on other people. I know I've done that in the past. I've been like, oh, this is who you got to listen to, and this is, you know, this is the way you got to be. You got to meditate this way. You got to eat this way. And again, that's my ego. That is the mind. Oh, anyway, it can be exhausting. I'm gonna leave it that for today, and I hope you guys have enjoyed. I hope you've got something out of it. If you have, um, please share it with a friend. I'd really appreciate that. If you listen to it on iTunes, give it a um, give it a review. That would go a long way to help to um, share the podcast and to get it out there a little bit more. So anyway, guys, until next time, have a good one. Mm -hmm.